0: around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello once again, and welcome to the Gary Zimak Show. It's so good to be here with you as we, this week, are going to look at the readings, the mass readings for the third Sunday of Easter. Happy Easter to you once again. You know, I'm going to keep saying it because there are seven weeks to the Easter season. It's not a one-day deal, and you know, in fact, I'm really excited about today's program because I'm going to call this show, Jesus is Alive. Jesus is alive, and that is so important for all of us, not just at the end of our lives, because we now have the possibility, because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have the possibility to live forever with him in heaven, but, and this is important, and I've talked about this before, but I think it bears repeating, the fact that Jesus is alive means that he is able to be with you, he's able to accompany you, he's able to assist you with all of those problems. That might be weighing you down. Whatever it is, Jesus is alive and can help you. And I think that's something we easily lose sight of. So as we as we read over these mass readings today for the, the third Sunday of Easter, let's try to keep that in mind, the importance of Jesus being alive, the fact that he rose from the dead, and he is available to us at all times. He's not asking us to go through life on our own. And I think those of us who tend to be a little anxious, and I'm, I'm one of them, I mean, you know, my story is clearly documented. Uh, those of us who tend to be a little anxious, sometimes we forget that. We forget who's with us and what he can do and how much he loves us. And during the Easter season, we we really do want to remember that. So I'm so glad you're here with me. Why don't you settle in, make yourself comfortable. I plan to be here for the full 30 minutes of the program. I hope, that, I hope you can too. And before we pray we are going to pray in just a couple of minutes. I just want to thank you once again. Uh, I, I don't ever want you to think that I take you for granted, because I really don't. As I was preparing to start this program, I thought, wow, this is such a special time for me, because I get to read the Word of God on the air, and I get to have this conversation with you. I wanna thank you for being here. It really does mean a lot to me. And it's it's good to know that we, you and me, are walking together, trying to stay close to Jesus and um trying to make our way to heaven. I mean, that's really the goal, that's what it's all about, that's why we follow Jesus. And thank you for all of your support, all of your financial contributions, all of your prayers. It all means a great deal to me. So with that in mind, let's begin the show officially as we turn to our Heavenly Father in prayer. So if you'll please join me before we start, I just want to remind you that we are in the presence of God the Father. We're in the presence of Jesus the Son, and we're also in the presence of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. And that's it's such an important thing for us to remember before we just launch into the prayers, and, and I'm guilty of doing that sometimes, I think it's just critical to just pause and think. We are actually speaking to someone, someone who is all-powerful and all-loving, someone who is anxious to hear from us, which is an amazing thing, that God really cares about hearing from us. So with that in mind, let's turn to him now. As we begin, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, it's so good to be with you. Thank you for never being too busy for us. Father God, we thank you for creating us. We thank you for providing for all of our needs from the moment we were first conceived right up until the present time. Father, thank you for giving us the grace that we need to overcome problems and difficulties and challenges and our own sinfulness That's all due to your grace, Father. Father, we pray that you will protect us this day. We ask that you watch over our family and friends and all those for whom we promise to pray or all those who have asked for our prayers. We pray, Father, for all who don't know you. We pray for all who struggle with anxiety. We pray for all who are battling addictions. We pray for those who are living in extreme poverty, or those who are just finding it hard to pay their bills each month. We pray, Father, for the homeless, for those who are homebound, for those who are confined to hospitals or nursing homes or prisons or rehab facilities. Father, we pray for those who are unemployed, those who are looking for new employment, And Father, I pray today that you'll send your Holy Spirit to me so I can deliver the message that you have for us today. And I also pray for all of us that you'll open up our hearts and let your Spirit come alive in us so that we can hear the message and respond to it in a way that would please you. Father, I ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you for praying with me. And uh, before we start the program, I I just want to direct you to my website, followingthetruth.com. And if you go there and you look, I just got finished working on it. Um, If you go to the book page, I added all of my books. I was a little behind in in adding all of my books there, and I even added the new book, and we're going to be talking about it probably in a few weeks. The book is called When Your Days Are Dark, God is Still Good. Uh, It's a book that I believe will give hope to those who are struggling, and that's why I wrote it. It was a book that, and I've said this on interviews, it was a book that I really didn't want to write because it was so difficult, I thought, to write. But as time went on, I got more and more suggestions, and I started feeling that this is a book I, I really need to write, and um, I, I prayed about it, and I think the Holy Spirit led me down the path that I needed to go down, and essentially what I do in the book is look to examples from Scripture, examples where God worked good in what appeared to be very bad situations, so the hope is that if you're struggling, if you're trying to find the good in whatever it is that you're going through, that you'll be able to look at this book and see examples of, of how he worked in the past in, again, difficult situations, and be able to look at your situation with a new pair of eyes and say, all right, I might not understand this, but I somehow believe that God can bring good out of this. And that's my, my hope for the book was just to bring comfort. Again, it's called When Your Days Are Dark, God is Still Good. It's going to be out in just a, just a week or two. Um, technically, the, the official release date is the first week of May, but I, I believe it's go it's supposed to be coming out at least a week or two prior to then. So very soon it's going to be available. And um, again, we'll talk more about it. Maybe even next week I'll talk more about it. But check it out, followingthetruth.com. For all of my books, for information on how to get my daily email reflection, for uh, how to listen to my Monday through Friday podcast, Following the Truth, you can also find out how to bring me to speak at your parish or your conference. That's followingthetruth.com. All right, let's look at these readings now as we do each week. We're going to begin with the gospel. It's a familiar one, and it's Luke chapter 24, the final chapter of Luke's gospel, verses 13 through 35. And, and as I said at the start of the program, I call this program, Jesus is Alive. All of these readings we're going to hear remind us that our Savior rose from the dead. I mean, that's a really big deal. And when he did that, all kinds of great possibilities are now open to us because he's alive and he's bigger than death and he's with us. That very day, the first day of the week, of course, this is the day of the Lord's resurrection. Two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus, and they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him he asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped looking downcast. I, and I find that pretty funny that Jesus is sort of playing dumb here. But but it's a good thing that he does because the way that this plays out, the fact that he's asking these questions of the disciples, we're able to get an insight into what they're thinking. Because otherwise we, we might not know what they were thinking. They somehow were followers of Jesus, but they missed the part about him rising from the dead. So when he was crucified, they thought he was dead, and they were dejected. They were downkissed. They were hopeless, even though the Lord was risen. Things were good, but they didn't know it. So, you know, kind of put yourself in their position. Whatever you're facing right now, you might forget that Jesus rose from the dead or you might not understand the importance of it it happens because our problems have a way of overwhelming us so this is a good story for all of us it's okay to feel hopeless just because you feel hopeless doesn't mean what you're going through is hopeless and that is such an important lesson so jesus asked them what are you discussing as you walk along and they stopped looking downcast one of them named cleopas said to him in reply "...are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place there in these days?" Pretty funny to say that to Jesus, isn't it? And they said to him... Oh, and Jesus replied to them, "...what sort of things?" Again, playing playing along with them so that you and I could benefit and we could see what they're thinking. "...and they said to him, "...the things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people." how our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But, now listen to this part, this is what they're thinking, but we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels, who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described. But him they did not see. And Jesus said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke! Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. So what was happening was Jesus was going to the Old Testament, because the New Testament didn't exist at this time, and pointing to all these prophecies regarding him in the Old Testament. In other words, things played out just the way they were supposed to, according to the Bible. The travelers on the road to Emmaus, they missed that point, and Jesus was kind of explaining to them, well, here's here's what had to happen. Don't you understand? And This is why the Messiah had to die and on and on. Okay. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus gave the impression that he was going on farther. But they urged him, stay with us for it's nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Now, one of the things you'll you'll see, and this is not the only time in the Scriptures you'll see this, Jesus appears to be continuing on. In other words, he it appears like he's not going to stop, and he waits for them to invite him. I think there's a lesson there for us. Jesus will not force his way into our lives. He waits to be invited. So I would recommend that if you're struggling with something, if you want to get to know him better, just make sure... You tell him, Lord, I want to get to know you better. I want to invite you into this decision I'm trying to make, this problem, this relationship, this job that I'm struggling with, whatever it is, let him know that you want to invite him in. And look what happened. He stayed with them, even though it appeared that he was continuing on. And it happened that while Jesus was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sounds like what happens at at Mass. Well, watch what happens next. With that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. You see the power of encountering Jesus in the Eucharist. I talk about this a lot. If you want to get to know Jesus better, if you want to, the best way you can do that is by receiving Holy Communion as often as you can, by participating in the Mass as many times as you can. If you are able to get to daily Mass, that is so important. I mean, I'm assuming you go on Sunday, but I'm talking additionally besides Sunday. You start going to daily Mass, you're going to really be able to get to know Jesus. It still takes time, but it does happen. You might not know how it's happening or why it's happening, but over time, you'll begin to realize that, hey, I, I do know him better. Um, with that, their eyes were open. They recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? And funny? It's like, we missed him. How did we miss Jesus? Well, you and I, we do it sometimes. And especially when we're so consumed by our problems like they were. They were looking downcast. They were so upset by the crucifixion that they forgot all about what he said about rising from the dead in three days. And they also didn't notice that it was him who was walking with them. Now it happens. So we want to work on trying to not let that happen. We want to work on recognizing the presence of Jesus with us. All right, let me conclude this gospel. So after all this, They set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven and those with them who were saying, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of bread. So in other words, they were able to witness. Can you imagine that conversation? Hey, guys, I know he's alive. Look, we saw him. We recognized him when he broke bread with us. So keep that keep that in mind. If you're really looking to get to know Jesus better, take advantage of the sacraments. Of course, the two sacraments we receive most frequently are the Eucharist and, and confession. He's present in confession too, not in a substantial but real presence like he appears in the Eucharist, but definitely in a powerful and spiritual way. When you go to confession... It's Jesus who's absolving your sins, So you are having a direct encounter with Jesus. And uh, again, these are the best ways to get to know him. Now, the first reading is Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed, proclaimed, You who are Jews, indeed all of you staying in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to my words. You are Israelites. Hear these words. Jesus the Nazarene was a man commended to you by God with mighty deeds, wonders, and signs which God worked through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this man, delivered up by the set plan and foreknowledge of God, you killed using lawless men to crucify him. But God raised him up, releasing him from the throes of death, Because it was impossible for him to be held by it. Remember, the theme today of this program is Jesus is alive. And here we're seeing Peter proclaiming this. He was raised. He was raised from the dead. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me. With him at my right hand, I shall not be disturbed. Therefore, my heart has been glad and my tongue has exalted. My flesh too, who dwell in hope because you would not abandon my soul to the netherworld, nor will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. And what you see Peter doing is referring to the Old Testament and how it tells the story of what will happen to the Messiah and how he will rise. My brothers, one can confidently say to you about the patriarch David that he died and was buried. And his tomb is in our midst to this day. But since he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn an oath to him, that he would set one of his descendants upon his throne, he foresaw and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that neither was he abandoned to the netherworld, nor did his flesh see corruption. God raised this Jesus. Of this we are all witnesses." Exalted at the right hand of God, he received the promise of the Holy Spirit from the Father and poured him forth, as you see and hear. So again, Peter is giving his testimony about the fact that Jesus did rise from the dead. He's citing Old Testament references, talking about what David prophesied about Jesus but you're starting to, i hopefully you're you're starting to see this theme of Jesus is alive he's not dead so we need to start responding to him as a person who is alive and not dead i think sometimes and i'm guilty of this sometimes we we almost just put him in the past as a as heart, historic figure and ignore the fact or just don't think about the fact that he's alive he's with me right now he's with you right now And therefore, he's able, as you're going to see in the psalm, to show us what we need to do every day the path to life, eternal life. There's a right way and a wrong way to do things in this life. And Jesus is going to show us the way. Psalm 16 is the responsorial psalm Lord, you will show us the path of life. Keep me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I take refuge. I say to the Lord, my Lord are you, O Lord, my allotted portion and my cup. You it is who hold fast my lot. Now remember, if he's dead, you can't say this to him. You can't necessarily speak to a dead. You can't speak to a dead person. But you can speak to someone who is alive. And Jesus is alive. I bless the Lord who counsels me. Even in the night, my heart exhorts me. I set the Lord ever before me. With Him at my right hand, I shall not be disturbed. Yeah, with Him at my right hand, with Him with me, I'm not going to be disturbed. And that's why it's so critical for us to recognize that He's alive. He's alive and He's with you. Therefore, in order to not be disturbed, you have to recognize the fact that Jesus is alive. Um, Let's see. Therefore, my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body too. Abides in my body too. Abides in confidence, because you will not abandon my soul to the nether world, nor will you suffer your faithful one to undergo corruption. And it's a reminder for us too that we are going to depart from this earth. We are going to die from this world, but with, in Jesus, with Jesus, and through Jesus, what He did on the cross, we are able to live forever in heaven you know that that's good stuff Uh, and that's why we rejoice you will show me the path to life abounding joy in your presence the delights at your right hand forever lord you will show us the path of life and really the path of life for us eternal life it begins on the day we're baptized and if we continue to follow jesus to follow him to walk with him he's going to lead us to heaven to eternal life in heaven that's why it's so important to follow him and he will lead us because he's alive and he's able to do that second reading is from the first letter of saint peter chapter 1 verses 17 through 21 beloved if you invoke as father him who judges impartially according to each one's works conduct yourselves with reverence during the time of your sojourning realizing that you were ransomed from your futile conduct handed on by your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a spotless, unblemished lamb. He was known before the foundation of the world, but revealed in the final time for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead, and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God." This the, in the, in this life, the secret to really making it through in one piece, maintaining your your sense of, of of peace, and making it to heaven, the way to do it is by following Jesus and by trusting in Him. And and it's really the best deal going. If we do that, we're going to be just fine. But the, the key is to keep your eye on Jesus, to follow Him, and to receive the sacraments as often as you can to really comfort yourself by by reading Scripture. I always recommend the daily Mass readings. And, you know, I've got 12 books out now, with including the new one, and throughout my books, I have snippets of Scripture contained in, in, in each of the books. So, if, if you're somebody who struggles to just pick up a Bible and start reading, there are alternatives. And by the way, I, I'm one of those people, I tend to struggle with just opening the Bible and starting. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to stop. But if I either read the daily mass readings and I'm I'm privileged and blessed to be able to go to daily mass and the, the daily mass readings are important to me if I'm able to do that or I've always enjoyed books that have scripture interspersed throughout them and that's one of the reasons I do what I do in my books if you do that it's not going to be overwhelming and you'll you'll sort of be led through the bible primarily by the church. If you look at the daily mass readings, that's why we read the Sunday mass readings on this program, because we let the church lead us through the liturgical year, and there's a certain path the church takes us down, and there's a rhythm. Right now we're in the Easter season, so we're going to be focusing a lot on the resurrection of Jesus, what it means, and how the early church, especially during the the daily mass readings, you're going to Throughout the Easter season, we'll be reading from the Acts of the the Apostles, where we're going to see how the early church took root and spread. And that's a, you know, it's a good reminder for us of what our church should look like nowadays. And, you know, do we really care? You're going to be reading about people who really cared and who were really impacted by the resurrection of Jesus. And hopefully we're going to care too, and we're going to be able to really follow him And really put them into, invite them into our daily lives like the disciples on the road to Emmaus. You invite Jesus in, he's going to take you up on your offer. Anyway, we are just about at the end of the program. Can't believe we, we did another one. And, and again, I could not do this without you. I'm so grateful. You know, I did notice donations are down uh, for the past several months. So if you're able to help me out and fund my full-time ministry, I would really appreciate that. You can go to followingthetruth.com and you click on Donate. If you're able to become a monthly sponsor, that would really help me. And you can do that for as little as $10 a month. It can be canceled at any time. So if you would consider doing that, I would really appreciate that. Followingthetruth.com. Just click on Donate, and you can donate securely through PayPal. Again, thank you so much. You are in my prayers. I would ask you to pray for me as well. If you need anything, email me at gary at followingthetruth.com. And um, let's keep walking. Let's keep walking through the Easter season. Next week, God willing, we'll be back, and we'll talk about the fourth Sunday of Easter. And I'll also maybe share some information about my new book next week as well. Hope you have a fantastic week. Remember, Jesus is alive. He is not dead. He is alive. He is with you. He wants to help you. You just have to invite him in, as did the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus. He was going to keep going. He was. He appeared to be going on further, and they invited him in. He decided to have that dinner with them. And then they finally recognized him in the breaking of the bread. Really, really good stuff. Thanks again for joining me. God bless you. And God willing, we'll talk to you next week on the Gary Zimak Show. Bye-bye.